This is AIW President Matt Wadsworth, and you're listening to me right here on Wrestling Cheers. Taking your way in the world today takes everything you got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. And welcome back to Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name, especially when you are the president. This is Wrestling Cheers. We like to talk about things going on Northeast our independent wrestling scene. We preview shows, we review shows, and sometimes we even have interviews along the way. This is a interview episode with AIW President Matt Wadsworth. And Wrestling Cheers is hosted by me, Justin Summers. It's also brought to you by the Trending Topics Network. Midwest Territory, and Key on Sports. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to this fine podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or PodbeanWrestlingCheers.podbean.com. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Facebook.com slash WrestlingCheers, Twitter.com slash WrestlingCheers, and Instagram.com slash WrestlingCheers. Email, if you so choose a desire, WrestlingCheers at gmail.com. And we have the merch store over at WaterManeuver.net. Like I said, this is an interview episode with Matt Wadsworth, and I've got two interviews here coming up. It's it's this episode that's coming out this week, and I got a bonus episode coming out next week, a little bit longer. So I'm giving you the warning now with AIW student or just AIW wrestler writer read. It's a it's about a two hour interview, and I haven't even begun to edit it just yet. But I wanted to get this out. For the normal episode this week, and I figure it's going to be roughly an hour or so. It's, it fits in to what you're used to for the week. And then early next week, have that. And then next week, we're already going to preview another AIW show. So a lot to look forward to here on that. And I'm not going to hold you back any any longer. There's a fun interview here. And it's going to be talked about a little bit at the beginning of the interview. But I'll, uh, I'll set the scene uh I show up to the show and I'm trying to find a place to do the interview. Can't really do it within the venue for two reasons. One, I can't do it in with actual where the ring is and everything because I'm not necessarily permitted to be there. And then like other parts, I couldn't do it because inside this venue, because this was before Gauntlet for the Gold, it stunk so bad. So luckily, you know, I got the mobile recorder and I've learned like, hey, I don't have to confine myself inside and buy a power source you know this takes batteries and i can i can go off and do like an hour interview and have some fun with it so yeah that's uh what we have and that's where this episode comes in and i found a nice little spot and uh, i'll actually uh, tell you where uh, once the interview starts so kick back and enjoy this actually more wrestling centric interview and conversation with aiw president matt wadsworth You wake up every morning, get yourself out of bed, and look in the mirror, and realize that you don't recognize the person looking back at you. You don't feel as whole as you should. You feel about half empty. You get in your car and go about your daily activities, and you think about all the opportunities that you missed. Opportunities you didn't take. Doors you left closed instead of open. You think about all the things that you could have done and the things that you chose to do instead. Well, that's where I come in. My name is Dr. Daniel C. Rockingham, and I am not only a motivational speaker, but I am a personal development coach, and my three-principle system has changed the lives of countless people all over the world. I invite all of you to stay with me today and listen as I help you change your lives and give all of you a new beginning. And we're back here on the podcast and we are like, I've never done that. This is a a bunch of new for me here lately, but we're in the, I had a dumpster and I'm here with the AIW president, 
Matt Wadsworth. Hello, everybody. This is definitely one of the more unique settings I've seen for a podcast. At least it's a nice day and we're able to do it, though. Yeah, well, like when it was raining all day, I was like, oh, if we can't do it inside, <laughs> we are screwed. Yeah, no, it cleared up and, and temperature came up enough that we can get away with hoodies. And yeah, it's a yeah. good setup. We're here at uh, Gauntlet for the Gold 14. And you, like, actually, on, before even just that part, it's the fact you made a comment back when I did the crossover with the IndyCast that you've never been on this show, or you were on one of the two shows. I was on, I, but not the one you would expect, not yeah. the one that actually is, is frequently recorded at our shows. Yes. I did the, uh, I was the first guest, first official guest. I don't know if they interviewed anyone prior to me. I know they had some technical problems with other interviews. I was the first official guest okay. on the, uh, the IndyCast a few years back. That would have been would have been about five years back because I think it was really just prior to Absolution Nine. Okay, because we kind of that's what we talked about. Is I kind of ran down the card and gave yeah. a little background. Yeah, on yeah, it. great, great bunch of dudes. It took me forever to like finally hook up with them and just uh, even just talk the shit of just podcasting. There, I, I absolutely love them, especially too. Like I cover like this area, they cover that area, and we're like we're kind of doing the same thing, but just many many states away we mm-hmm. and we agree i think on a lot of stuff like yeah wrestling's cool but let's talk about other stuff too yeah, <laughs> let's have fun it can slide into pop culture that's not a problem yeah but i i approached you at the last show here at this building and i was like i want uh next time we're here for calling for the gold i want to want to mm-hmm. do the interview with you like finally get you on and what did you tell me i said actually it's really fitting because we are not only is it gone for the gold 14 we are two days removed yes from the 20th anniversary of what was then EIW, Extreme Independent Wrestling. Okay. Uh, and I would not encourage anyone to find it because, A, you can't. I believe I have the only tape. Uh, <laughs> and I have dragged my feet on getting it converted to DVD. As I've, I actually have had a few people approach me about it. Um, horrific, horrific, essentially a backyard show yeah. in a building. But John Thorne and I rented uh, St. Michael's Woodside, their gymnasium out in Brexville. Because that's where John was from and, and a lot of the kids. And I do mean literally kids. I was one yeah. of the oldest people on the show at 19. Okay. Other than uh, one of the part, one of the stipulations when you rented JT's ring mm-hmm. was he also had a match on the show. Okay. Uh, so obviously he was a little bit older than me. Yeah. <laughs> but other than that, I was one of the older guys. Matt and Josh and I are the, the same age. Mm-hmm. So we were all recent high school graduates. Pretty much everybody else on the card were high school kids. And... Also, that was their first match. That was the first time. So they had well, first, first in a professional wrestling ring. Yes, um, they had not as much historically. What we found out that was interesting is, I assumed they had been doing this for a while in the backyard because they were a big deal in Brexville. Yeah, turned out I think Josh says they maybe had done two or three before that. And, yeah, and then they did the uh, they did our show, and that's where they met JT. JT said. As, as Josh has said many times over the year, JT pulled him aside after the show. He said, you guys have a ton of talent. Yeah. You're going to kill yourselves if you don't learn to do this the right way. Why don't you come train with me? So that was where JT Lightning discovered them. And that's also, uh, going back to that era, if you ever watched the Best of Backyard videos okay, that they yeah, appeared yeah. on, Best of Backyard 1 was the match from that night. Okay. Was that... Did they do Best of Backyard Wrestling before or after this show? But it was after. Okay, that it was, was, okay. Best of Backyard 1 was the footage from our show. Okay, okay. Wow, that's... It's crazy because to me, I remember watching that on VHS. Yeah, absolutely. And no, it was. Because um, I the first time I finally saw it was we were about a year or so removed from that show. Yeah. And I was going to Ohio State. And there was a, a talent show in the dorm that I was in. Mm. And I went downstairs for the talent show. Just didn't have anything else going on. So I was like, oh, I'll see what people are doing. Mm. And there's two dudes doing a breakdancing act. And one of them was M-Dog. Of course. So he had it. And he, he lived on the other side of the dorm that I lived in. So he had let me borrow it. That was the first time I saw it. It was just randomly running into him about a year later at Ohio State. <laughs> um. But yeah, no. So we did that, and that was 20 years ago. This past Wednesday was, and actually, John wanted to get that same building for Gauntlet because okay. we knew we were doing Matt versus Josh for the 20 year anniversary, and it just he went back and forth with them, and they finally said, "No, we're not interested." And I don't know that they've had wrestling in that building since then. Yeah, 
in part because another guy on our show decided to leave a live chainsaw running in the middle of the aisle. Just set it down. He brought it out, waving it around, and then just set it down and ran to the ring. And JT was the one that saved us. JT jumped up before anybody in the crowd could touch it and ran over and killed it. Okay. (laughs) Wow. So what was this scene like 20 years ago for some because here's the crazy thing like i've been a fan since 2011 and even like 20 years ago that's still a long time ago and it to me it just sounds just different like way different obviously so independent wrestling was not anywhere near what it is today yeah um the backyard scene was bigger than independent wrestling honestly wow i we went to as an example john and i went to a show I had a guy hit me up, went out to a show that was just a typical shindy, basically. But I knew some guys on there. Lou Marconi, who would eventually train John and the Duke and some of the other guys. Uh, I had known him for years. He went to high school with my sister. Mm. He was on the show, and he said, hey, come out you know, next week to the show out in Medina that his tag team partner was putting on. John and I went out there, and maybe between 30 and 50 people and there just didn't draw anything yeah looking back 20 years later at the card you had uh reckless youth uh joey matthews christian york mike quackenbush um tom brandy stevie richards um dirty don montoya Cubal carmichael the bushwhackers the pitbulls i insanely um prazak manage adam pierce on the card wow I, we every year i joke that every year or so it comes up again and we'll look at it mm. and go holy crap this card was insane <laughs> like because that was where we discovered reckless youth because you didn't have 99 the internet was in its infancy yeah yeah obviously you didn't have really accessible things like youtube yeah um so unless you were a big tape trader you didn't know about a guy like reckless youth mm-hmm. who if I could get a time machine and get Reckless Youth from the late <laughs> '90s and bring him to to 2019 AIW, he'd be one of the best things on the show. Because I went back and watched some mm-hmm. of his stuff. Somebody had found some on YouTube, and there was a match between him and Christopher Daniels from like 2000. I was yeah. like, "All right, is it as good as I remember, or you know, was it good for what it was compared to what else was out there?" Yeah. I went back and watched it, and I was like, "Dude, these guys, this match would be perfectly." in place and their top indies yeah. in the country today i mean they, they, reckless youth dude way ahead of his time mm-hmm. way way ahead of his time so much of what you see today doesn't exist without a guy like reckless Youth. yeah uh and it, it, obviously a lot of people that know their history of jakara know that he was deeply involved with the founding of it with mm-hmm. quack and bush uh he and quack were real close and, and started it together John and I have John especially has tried countless times to get him to come out just for Jaylet and he shoots. Yeah, that's because like, that's the the one like big get yeah. like he, that he really wants to get. You we know, get the yeah, big get, but like the dream get. We've uh, he's approached him because uh, Adam Lash that used to do a lot of stuff with us and is still real close with us uh, actually knows him, met him personally over the years because he had done some stuff. Yeah, because uh, Reckless was a Pennsylvania slash East Coast guy. Yeah, and and Adam was out on the East Coast, so he had gotten to know him over the years. And he put John in contact, and every year John reaches out to him, and every year he goes, "I, I appreciate you know that that you think of me, and I appreciate that you want me, but no, I'm out." <laughs> One year, I, and I get it. He, you know, to part of it is he doesn't think he could live up to the hype. Mm, yeah, I, and then this is a guy who at this point is even from his last run where he did Combat Zone uh, as the technician Tom Carter. You're still looking at what 10, 15 years removed from that, probably. Yeah. Um, so I get it, but man, it would be awesome. <laughs> to get yeah, like this scene, like I feel spoiled. And I've said this like many times. Like even 100%. when I when yeah. I when I first like, came into it in 2011, even like with being opposite company, but PWO, I was like that was. I could watch that on TV and go, oh, this is Johnny Gargano. This is yeah. this is M Dog, and then go, oh, what's over here with Adam? Oh, this is okay. This feel, same, you know, some of those same guys, and it, it was a different feel, but it was a lot of those same guys. That yeah, you'd see, and yeah, it, uh, you know, it's hard to even really define it as an independent scene. It was really a dead time, but at the same time, we were spoiled because you're right in the heat of the Monday Night Wars. Yeah, you're right in the heat of the Attitude Era. Um. You could essentially set up a ring 
Yeah. And put anyone you wanted on the card and get people there if you advertised it right. Because wrestling was huge. Just people loved wrestling at the time. And that was, we were, as much as I say that, that that show in Medina didn't draw, we were doing stuff with a bunch of untrained teenagers. And I think one of the shows for EFW drew like around a thousand people. Wow. There's a bunch of untrained teenagers. Yeah, a lot of it was they were in high school and they were selling to their buddies in high school and they're, you know, but yeah. still, that's insane. I mean, we're thrilled when we get five, 600 in, in yeah. some of these buildings. Yeah, I was about to say, like, when was the last time there was a, a thousand? I honestly couldn't here. tell you. I not up here. I know down in towards central and southern Ohio and some areas there where they're basically not to sound like I'm putting now. There isn't as much. Yeah. In terms of your entertainment options. Yeah. Um, they some of those shows. I don't know if they do anymore. I know in past years had yeah. drawn close to that. Uh, but yeah, in terms of in a major city like Cleveland, you know, our shows in in uh, Mount Carmel is a fantastic building. We had a lot of room. Mm-hmm. I think. Between six and seven hundred is probably the most we put in there, and it was tight. Oh yeah, and the thing that, like I've said before too is Turner's Hall was a fun era, but really towards the end it was stuffing people in there. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it was we, miserable. We we couldn't go back there if we wanted to, and it was you know we all loved Turner's Hall because of what it was when we were fans. Yeah. You know, because of what JT put there. Oh yeah. And Turner's Hall it, itself is a really crappy building. <laughs> It sucks. But for all of us that were right around that, you know, at the time, late 20s, early 30s, yeah, we all went to JT shows and we all had incredible memories of watching M-Dog wrestle Jerry Lynn yeah. in there or, you know, watching Raven and AJ Styles when they were, were really breaking out in TNA. And, and what I, JT constantly reinvented himself. So during the era of ECW and that, he was a, a hardcore guy. Yeah. He was doing light tubes. He was doing, you know, not quite full on deathmatch stuff, but doing extreme stuff, doing hardcore stuff. Mm-hmm. And what as ECW died down and, and Ring of Honor came about, he reinvented himself into a fantastic technical wrestler. Yeah. Uh, so he was he was a guy that was able to do that and kind of roll with it. So he always had something to draw you in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's one of those things that that we've tried to pick up from him here. Yeah. What what was JT Lightning like? Because I know with even when I came in, I I was right right after his death, and people have have funneled in, and we do the the Jay Lit every year, and it like brings a lot of memory to him. But like, what would you how would you describe like JT? It depends what day of the week is. <laughs> um, I that one. And, and, and don't get me wrong. I mean, John will tell you the same thing. Um, and John was much closer as a fellow promoter than I was, but I had plenty of interaction over yeah. the time, you know, with JT over the years. Uh, and we did cycle with JT. There were times that we were feuding with him. Yeah. And, you know, he would have guys that weren't allowed. And then he came back around and he, he really took to kind of almost mentored John and Chandler and, and said mm-hmm. flat out, these are the guys, you know, he, he handed it off to them. He said, yeah. these are the guys that are going to keep it going and keep um, JT's legacy and people outside of Cleveland don't realize this is yes as much as I say he's a fantastic wrestler and he was a great wrestler mm-hmm. what he did as a promoter and his eye for talent was insane yes uh, he was one of the first guys outside of Chicago that booked Punk and Cabana yeah. and you know Prezak and Pierce and uh, Chris Hero and he was bringing in uh, Sexton Hardcastle and yeah. Christian Cage <laughs> out of Canada before mm. they would go on to be Edge and Christian and Rhino on, was part of that group as well, obviously. And to picking up local guys like Matt and Josh and Ray. Ray trained with with our guys more, but JT loved what he saw and really took him under his wing and, yeah. and did a lot with him. Um, it, JT had a unique sense of humor, as, as anyone who has met him would tell you. Uh, he loved ribbon guys. He loved giving <laughs> you crap. And, and the problem was JT... Because of the fact that it could switch day to day, you were never too sure if it was a rib or not. <laughs> I remember I had to go film something in the locker room there for uh, this was after we had actually gotten the guys trained. We were running Cleveland Championship Wrestling and had brought the old EFW entertainment stuff into it. And I went over to Turner's to film a promo with somebody. And uh, a guy, Mike T, that used to do all our filming for us, met us there in the days before Smart Mart Video. 
met us there and I went downstairs, you know, with the guy and JT was there and he, because they had guys training. So that's why they knew he was going to be there. And, uh, not John Thorne, John, uh, rotten was the guy's name that ran that promotion. He was out of town. He was in Boston. We said, yeah, JT knows you're coming. Just go in there, go downstairs, you know? So we walk into Turner's hall and we walk downstairs to the locker room and, and we're looking around trying to figure out, and here comes JT out of the side room. What are you doing here? Who told you you could <laughs> just start late? I'm like, John said he talked to you. John, who? I don't even know. Oh, just. <laughs> and, it, you know, JT was an intense guy. When he was yelling and he's in your face, yeah. it was. So I'm like, uh, I'll give him a call and see. You know, I'm reaching for my yeah. cell phone. And, and he, JT starts laughing and says, no. <laughs> Go do whatever you have to, you know. I said, we're going to be like five minutes. We just got to go in this locker room and film this. And actually, now that I remember, it was a promo with JT. He okay. was, That's why specifically we were at Turner's Hall for it, is he was part of the promo. Okay. Is I was doing a, uh, a heel authority figure at the time, and he was a big surprise jump to join our side in this, this promotional war that we had going. Yeah. So I was there to film that, and he just starts laughing at me, and I was like, you know, and even then, what, 23 years old, I think I would have been at the time. Okay. It would have been, you know, 2003, maybe 2004, but, you know, it fluctuated with JT, and, and anybody who's honest about him will tell you that. Yeah. But in the end, what he meant for wrestling in Cleveland, and especially AIW, cannot possibly be overstated. Uh, just did so much even when we were kind of on the outs he kind of forced us to to re-examine and find some other guys because yeah. he he had his guys that that he was doing tv with because he had the he had that that time slot prior to pwo mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean it, so many of the guys that you look around wouldn't be here anybody that's come out of cleveland in the last 20 years mm-hmm. wouldn't be here if not for jt because even if you look at our students well, without JT, there's no Johnny. And without Johnny, there's no Dom. Mm-hmm. And without Dom, there's no, you know, the next generation, Ryder Reed. Or, no, uh, Bishop, too, and a really big one. Who Joshua Bishop, yeah. Grew up watching so, these yeah. guys on TV. Yeah, he always cracks us up because his, his ideas of uh, favorite guys is so different than what everybody else expects. Like, yeah. he's a, a TNA guy, and he was a PWO guy. And, and he's like, listen, when I feuded with josh you know prohibition and talked about watching it it's legit yeah like i watched him that was my guy <laughs> i remember when that was like full unfolding and i think i did the interview with him and he like talked a lot about that and how i think at one time it was he only thought there was two companies wwe and pwo and like yeah. there, was, there was there was nobody else so i know he looked up to them so like so much and then even just i've always figured like jt like we it's been said but he is truly the godfather and i think right mm-hmm. now he would be proud, like, you know, a guy like Johnny, and he's just, like, tapped a little bit into WWE. He has not gone to Raw or SmackDown and, and yeah. like, seen that success. It's, I found, like, the only interview I've ever been able to find with JT was on YouTube. It was, like, a two-parter, and he, he actually gave his thoughts on his students. The Johnny one, the quote that gets is that gets because I don't remember what year it was, so you're figuring probably pre-2011, and he was just, like, at that time, he was like, Johnny has it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he, he watches tape, he studies, like, he just has it. Yeah. And that was year of, before the world knew. Yeah. I mean, that was, I mean, Johnny started wrestling here at 17 years old, maybe just turned 18. Um, and it's funny because we watched doing some of the alternate commentaries that they do for the AIW Patreon. He's almost unrecognizable. Yeah. But even then, you could see, like... He wasn't just a guy that went and learned some stuff and then hopped in a ring and, and wrestled every once in a while. Yeah. I mean, he was driven, and he, he really was. So, yeah, I absolutely understand why JT was so proud of him. That's the type of guy that, you know, JT mm-hmm. JT didn't get that big break. You know, he came close a couple times, never really got there. But his legacy has always been the guys both directly from Cleveland and guys like Punk and Cabana and, and Christian and Edge that – walked through his doors cesaro's another one he loved cesaro when he was yeah. on the indies as, as claudio um so yeah i mean that's really the legacy of jt lightning i mean we do the j lit because that was his one of his last requests was don't let me be forgotten 
And he, I don't think he has. I think now he's, it's crazy when you really think about it. his memory now lives like with even, like I said, a guy like news, I never met him, mm-hmm. wasn't around when he was alive, but I just, I, I know that legacy. And I think other people have been taught that now too. And now we know who this guy, so like his legacy just got even bigger yeah. since then. So like this is a 20 year anniversary, mm-hmm. but you haven't been around all 20 years. There was a little... There's about a 10-month gap. Was it 10 months? Because the I fu- thought it was... It, at the time, it felt longer. Yeah. Um, a few years after the fact, I, I looked back and I was like, oh, it was about 10 months was, was what it boiled, down, boiled okay. down to. So it was a little under a year. It was 10, 10 and a half months that I was not part of AIW. I mean, it just wasn't part of wrestling, period, yeah. honestly, at the time. Because your first show back was my first sh- AIW show, period. So like we said... <laughs> The most anticlimactic surprise appearance ever. <laughs> well, it was just like, all right, you know, uh, here's the guy in charge now, uh, bringing it back, Matt Wadsworth. And I'm like, obviously, well, first AW, I'm like, I don't know who this guy is, but cool. Well, and here's the thing. In that 10-month span, yeah, a lot of the audience had turned over. You weren't, yes, it was your first show, but a lot of even the regulars then weren't coming 10 months earlier <laughs> when I, the last time I was really around. Okay. Um, there was a, a large turnover in the crowd, so nobody in that building knew who I was. <laughs> what, like, was there a big difference between AW within that 10 months? Um, it had definitely gotten to be a better product. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is probably weird to say, because I know, like, Thorne, like, even going back to, like, 2011, 2012, he's just like, yeah, like, that's the, like, I think that might be part of the Wild West era of AW. Yeah, that's the, so, that's, when I left, was kind of the heart of it yeah um because i missed i would have missed absolution six so absolution five was a little bit i mean you still had it yeah to an extent there um but it was probably the tail end of it mm-hmm. uh, and when i came back it was a different set of guys but there was an aspect of it um but i'd say i mean the heyday of the wild west of aiw was probably absolution four era okay uh, and it's the only reason that stands out in my mind is because that's when uh, Jimmy DeMarco had the title. Okay. And so that era where we where we did the shows in Taylor, Michigan, where you know you had Jimmy running around, you had a lot of those Pittsburgh guys running around. Um, pre, uh, basically pre rehab and recovery, Drake Younger. It was a, a party scene. I mean, even for guys yeah. like me who have never been a big partier. It was still a party scene. Yeah. You know? I think the stories have rang true on that basis. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was, I mean, we were kind of coming out of that era. When I left a little after Absolution 5 was still, you know, it was a different group of guys, but it was still there. Yeah. And you can kind of categorize it for sure by the, um, that was the era of the $10 all you can drink beer. Okay. Yeah. Um, which was, that's why I say there was such a big turnover. We didn't draw a ton of wrestling fans in the, the, the right around the time that I left. You know, you had wrestling fans, and then you had the other half of the crowd that was just there because that's a hell yeah. of a deal to drink beer. <laughs> You're not going to go anywhere and spend, <laughs> you know, what, 20 bucks with your ticket yeah. and be able to drink beer all night. Was Where did that fall with the Ford Locos night? Uh, I was gone during Ford Locos. Okay, night. so that was so like that 10 months was, or two. Yeah, so that, that 10 I months. thought it was 2011. Yeah. Well, during the height, because that was like you brought in, you could bring in a. Yeah, because they were all, because you had, that's why I said you had a different group of guys yeah. that were still there a little bit. I mean, you had the Olsen twins in the heart of their party, and the, you had all those guys who, who some were still there when I came back. Yeah. And we've just gotten older, I think, as part of it. Yeah. <laughs> and the whole scene, period, has changed. You know, mm-hmm. the guys that are coming in. Not many of them are big partiers. They're they're video game guys, and they're you know. <laughs> I think that's that's also just a culture thing. Not even just wrestling everywhere. Because I've even heard people talk about it with wrestling, mm-hmm. like like in WWE of like, oh well, you know, you had the party day, Sean, Ric Flair, yeah. Hogan, and then now this newer day with like the new day and everybody. It's like yeah, we want to go back to our hotel room and yeah. you know play games. Like that's what we, yeah. I think someone like will drink, but it's not that lifestyle anymore. Yeah. So it yeah. kind of has affected elsewhere too yeah absolutely i think and it is true i mean it's pop culture as a whole has shifted a little bit in that aspect um the the nerd culture and not using that and geek culture not using it yeah in a in a bad way because i fall into that i'm you know 
I love comic book movies. I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I played my share of video games growing up and still play some games on my phone. Uh, it has become almost more mainstream. Yeah. So uh, there is, you know, as guys are, are coming up in that, you know, when I talk about having it, it 20 years ago, you know, we started that half the students coming out of the school either weren't born or were in diapers still when yeah. we started this. <laughs> yeah, it you know, was, put was it a different Really world. put it yeah. in perspective. <laughs> How would you describe like this scene now? Just what's your favorite thing about it um, here locally, not just independent in general? Well, I'd say it's the same for both. There's so much talent out there and there's so much to be consumed. Yeah. I think going back to, you know, you even said you almost feel a little spoiled going back to that 20 years ago, you know, unless you were at an ECW show and, and our video had a bunch of uh, tapes of stuff for sale. That's how we discovered Japan. Yeah. You know, that's how we discovered the Super J Cup and, and death matches and exploding ring matches. Yeah. Is we saw a label and said, exploding ring match? What the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get that tape, you know? I think it's funny that without finding out this now, people certain people got into death matches because of Stranglemania. Yeah. I'm a yeah, sh- it, we, so John and I were a little before it because we did get them at the, the ECW shows. We got the exploding ring yeah. matches and the death matches. So we had some familiarity. But Stranglemania wasn't long after. Yeah. And we loved Stranglemania. We and watched that all the time. <laughs> it's it's the big crossover of Juggalos at wrestling, besides the, actually everything that ICP did with wrestling. The funny thing is, years that I was a Juggalo, never watched it. And people have like, kind of, they're like, you wibby, you were a Juggalo? You didn't watch Stranglemania? I'm like, no, I didn't have access to it. Like, I was too poor. To, like, I just couldn't yeah. go to the store and rent it. And yeah, I didn't know no, anybody with it. There were a lot it. of video stores that you were, you know, unless you happened to be in an, uh, what would I have had it back then? An FYE, maybe. Might have had it on the shelves. Yeah. And, and their stuff was always so overpriced. That, oh, God, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Juggalos is a little bit of a sore subject sometimes around AIW. Because <laughs> the, uh, the Rude Boy show. That's right. I was like, I knew there was something, but I couldn't remember. That's, that's really the only time that we've had a large contingent of Juggalos. And it's honestly nothing to do with the Juggalos themselves, although it was an interesting atmosphere that night. Uh, you want to talk Wild West. That was a show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was something. What year was that? Uh, that would have been our second show. Okay. Third show. I think Seven Hills Home Days fell in the mid. So it was our second Peabody show. I think it was our third show overall. Okay. Um. So you're talking 2005? Okay. Because I think coming from like actually recently going back to that culture, I think it's changed a lot. Yeah. I think if like if you were to have a show, God, I'd love it. Like, can ICP to have an ad to become damage? <laughs> oh, I love it. That's like the, the dream booking for me. But I think if the jugglers were to show up, it wouldn't be as rowdy anymore. Yeah. Because even they, even them have gotten older. Like, I recently joined some Facebook groups about that stuff, and it's like people who like have kids and like they're adults, and they're yeah. just like, yeah, I, I still like it because it's not you know you don't have a bunch of of nineteen year olds discovering ICP. Yeah, um, it's kind of the guys who were into it in the late nineties are still into it today. Yeah, so yeah, I can see that. I can see that 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 culture as a whole is kind of aged and and settled a little bit. <laughs> but that was uh that was a, an experience that night. Uh, Rude Boy versus Thrill Billy almost got Peabody shut down. Oh wow! Because they they brawled all over the building and it was they were both bleeding. Mm-hmm. And when I say all over the building, that included behind the bar. Oh, uh, which cost Peabody's a lot of money because there were bottles of liquor behind the bar that yeah, now yeah. had one or both blood on uh. it. And, you know, <laughs> so that had to get thrown out. Oh wow! And at the time, we were still. So AIW itself was born of a little bit of a split. You know, obviously you've heard of a couple splits in AIW history. AIW was born out of a split. Yeah. Out of uh, EFW slash Cleveland Championship Wrestling. And I think the most you've heard about it is uh, is the Duke kind of being razzed about it because he was on the other side of it when yeah. it started. Uh, but this was in the, the heyday of that. And so the health inspectors were called... Mm-hmm. on Peabody's the next day. Um, we've never officially verified who called him, but we were all pretty sure we knew who called him. Yeah. <laughs> because, hey, if you can get our, our building shut down where we run, <laughs> you know. Tactics of war. 
yeah. necessarily condone it, but yeah, I that, know yeah. wrestling wrestling wars. That was even then. I was like, this is weird and dumb, and like none of us are nearly as big of a deal as we're acting like we are. <laughs> this isn't the Monday Night Wars, people. <laughs> you know, yeah, these aren't billion dollar companies that we're dealing with. <laughs> but yeah, no, that was a uh, that was a night to experience, and I. Unless you have an old copy of it, I, I believe that one is officially out of print. Okay. Because that yeah. was the pre-Smart Mark days, and I don't think any of us have copies of it <laughs> that they're, yeah. you know. That's one of those ones that we kind of bury is just in case someone looks up AIW for the first time. <laughs> we don't really want that to be their first yeah. impression. <laughs> yeah, that pre those pre-Smart Mark days. Just, I know the one thing that I think of a lot is the uh, commentary over- The house commentary. You know, how, which- isn't done as much anymore like that uh, that's, that's faded it's away. a terrible idea oh yeah well as the guy who was doing it it's a horrible idea <laughs> the the crazy thing that i always loved it like i guess i loved about it but if i'm at a show sometimes when something happens i'll go man i wish i, I wonder what the commentary commentary team was saying i said that to a friend who was around during that time and they were like you're an idiot it's horrible yeah, no, you don't want terrible. it <laughs> hey, and granted part of it was um for the majority of the time we did it uh, my commentary partners were terrible uh, up until the days of maybe probably the days Michael Cash, Benny Boone was good at it. Yeah, I always enjoyed working with uh, with Denver, Colorado. But even that was more the Smart Mark era with, yeah. with Denver. I didn't do a ton of the live commentary with him. So the live commentary, I understand why it was done, and and John has has explained to people many times in the past. You know, we weren't drawing wrestling fans. We weren't marketing to wrestling fans. Yeah. We were marketing to our friends many of whom weren't wrestling fans mm-hmm. and you didn't have this this established base of independent wrestling fans like you do now yeah so we were just well you know our buddies wanted a reason to go out on a at the time a lot of times it was a sunday night and well all they know is raw yeah. maybe nitro but a lot of them weren't big enough wrestling fans to really have watched a ton during the monday night wars yeah you know all they know is what they've seen of of wwf slash wwe and in their minds they have commentators explaining what's going on yeah, yeah. and telling them what's going on so they understand it so that was kind of the idea behind the the live commentary was how can we replicate what they associate wrestling with that makes sense so that's why it started the problem was i kind of took it upon myself i said well there's certain ground rules you kind of have to establish for the commentary like um we could never talk about any illegal activity yeah. Anything that went on behind the referee's back, any outside interference, you know, weapons, anything the ref missed, it would be, I would literally have to be like, oh, Tom Dunn is uh, really tied up with Dr. Dan right now. And I couldn't talk about the fact that here's this guy over here with a chair, you know, yeah. hitting his opponent because the referees aren't deaf. They can hear the commentary. Yeah. It would make them look really bad. That is something I've know? always thought about, too, <laughs> of like. Because you, you, so, you could do that stuff. You know, I, I it was stuff like that that I came up with. I was always real big on listen, even more so on live house commentary than on the stuff we do now on the DVDs and that. Yeah. You've got to just call the action. Yeah. You can't be a jokey commentator. You can't be because then you're pulling the live crowd away from the match. Then yeah. they're laughing at what you're saying instead of paying attention to what they're mm-hmm. doing in the ring. I was like, it's a, a dangerous line because you're going to have some of these guys get really mad if they feel like you're pulling attention from yeah. their match. And thankfully, we never did have that uh, in part because I, I think I, from day one, mm-hmm. I, which made it really hard when I came back and I worked with a guy like Aaron, <laughs> yeah. uh, who was very strict, very jokey, was fantastic at what he did. <laughs> but I was so used to being so straight laced that I struggled to adapt to it. Yeah. I struggled to to really play off of the jokes and play off of the banner. Yeah. Um, and I think it's still not my specialty by any means. <laughs> I'm better at it than I used to be, and I'm more comfortable, you know, joking around a little more. But that comes from it. My, my whole commentary experience was mm-hmm. house commentary, which is a completely different animal. I still remember, and especially because this show was just one of the Patreon-exclusive alternate commentaries. And I wasn't there to record it, but I watched it. And uh, one of the first guys I ever approached, because he was a big name coming in, was the first time we had Colt Cabana. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is my chance. I approached him in the locker room. I said, hey, you know, what do you, what do you think? You know, one of the first guys I approached for feedback on the commentary. And he goes, yeah, I fucking hate it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, he goes, 
no offense to you, nothing about, you know, your ability or what. And he pointed out, he said, my whole thing is crowd interaction. Yeah. It's really hard to get that interaction if they're paying attention to you talking over the mic the whole time. I can't really just yell stuff to the crowd back and forth if you're talking on a microphone the whole time. Yeah, that makes sense. And I was like, yeah, I get it. I, you know, <laughs> and there were there were certain guys that didn't like it and they let us know they didn't like it until Smart Mark came along, though, it it kept going. And that's for those that are glad, like most of you should be, that it doesn't exist. You can thank Smart Mark video. That's yeah. who killed it. Yeah. When Smart Mark came in, that was because they had sold some of our stuff, mm-hmm. but they hadn't been doing the production for us. All our production was in-house uh, and they came on board during that 10 months that I was out. But John said in the past one of the first things they did was we're killing the we're killing the the live commentary we're killing the house commentary you can't hear it on the dvd it comes across terrible yeah it you know and it just doesn't do what you're trying to do with it yeah and for that you know they've done a ton for us over the years for that alone we should be thankful <laughs> to that <laughs> it's it's even crazy too to think back to like everything like you're talking about in those days and what i'm used to and then to just what last month mm-hmm. aw does the summer party massacre yeah WrestleMania weekend, like, like huge. And like, I didn't watch it live because like I have to get up really early for work, but I made sure things on that Saturday, I was like, I cleared out time. I'm like, I'm watching this. Mm-hmm. And it was actually cool too, to watch something that just happened a couple days ago from AIW, sure. but also to get like kind of the live feel and like how, like, I think, I think you, well, cause most of the show was you and Duke. Yeah. Most. So about half the show was Duke and I, and then, uh, Colin did all except the main event with me. Yeah. And that was because there was a, a friend of Colin's backstage that he wanted to go see. Yeah. <laughs> that uh, he doesn't get to see a lot because that person is very busy with wrestling. Um, so he, he wanted to, to bounce back there and be able to catch him. So that's why he didn't do the main event with me. Um, and even that was an adaption for us because uh, Robles from Smart Mark was, was producing for us. And he... Um, one of the rules with Smart Mark Video is commentary is bell to bell. Yeah. You don't have that, the small talk between matches. You know, well, with that being a live stream, essentially a, a live pay-per-view, yeah. that rule was out the window. Yeah, it was continuous. It was continuous. He said, as long as you're not walking over, just don't walk over the, the ring introductions. You know, Don't walk yeah. over Steve Guy. Otherwise, And even then, like the show started, and I was just kind of standing there, and I feel a nudge in the back, and he goes, go start talking <laughs> you know and i was like oh he really doesn't want any dead air on this yeah you know as much as possible so it took a second to get used to it but yeah i mean i had fun with it the show i loved the show I, I and that's the biggest thing is you know when you hear me get excited on commentary it's a genuine reaction a lot of yeah. times it's i'm a fan i enjoy this stuff yeah. I, you know it's not just something i do to get out of the house <laughs> if i didn't like the product i wouldn't be doing it mm-hmm. Um, and that was part of during that 10 months I was off. I was really burnt out leading up to it. Like I wasn't looking forward to leaving the house and going to shows yeah. in that time span. Um, and that's not true anymore. This is, you know, this is kind of my getaway. This is my thing. Even to Jersey. I mean, we drove, uh, 24 hours round trip. A few yeah. of us, <laughs> you know, I, I drove out to Pedro's house and hopped in a car with him. We drove to Jersey. We did the show and we hopped in a car and came back to Pedro's house. <laughs> Through the wonderful hills of Pennsylvania. Yeah. Yeah, and he had all credit to, to Pedro. That dude's a road warrior. He uh he drove the whole way both ways. I feel like he doesn't get enough credit like oh. outside of like here because we know a lot, but just seeing like even the fa- when he had to like retire, like that kind of sucked. But now I don't want to say I'm happy that he's back because of the situations. Like I'm yeah. not thrilled of, but he. I'll say this. And that's something I just thought of. If there was anybody to kind of help replace biggins i'm i'm glad it was pedro yeah and he stepped up he never never missed a beat um and he even joked that he's almost busier now than when he was ring announcing and and doing it full time (laughs) (laughs) because we've had such a especially the beginning of this year our schedule has been so nuts oh god um but and that's i mean you think back to to him as ring announcer that pedro was the mvp for aw even prior to being a ring announcer yeah um, another one of the shows we did recently was the walk the plank match Yeah, from the old days of, of AIW in those days, we'd come up with an idea and then we'd go, uh, and Pedro was basically a ring crew and we'd go, Pedro, make this work. <laughs> and Pedro would figure out a way to make it work. In that case, 
it was literally he found a drum riser behind Peabody's that had been thrown away and ratchet strapped it to the ring post, basically. Okay. <laughs> and that was our plank for the mat, you know, and he made it work. Uh, so Pedro's always been an MVP. Um, I think financially, we're thrilled to have yeah. <laughs> yeah, Pedro. He's done a, a really good job of, of kind of keeping the numbers in line and, and really staying on top of them, because I think that's something we didn't do. Mm-hmm. Uh, prior to needing him to step in that position and which has only been for the benefit uh, it doesn't mean you know john still doesn't constantly freak out about money because we're always convinced that the next show is going to bomb and and we're screwed if it does <laughs> yeah you know until until that jersey show ended we still weren't convinced we were going to pull it off <laughs> <laughs> you know i saw all the the permeations of that card over time and um you know, what started, it was almost essentially a student show to start. Yeah. And then we realized, well, to compete, you know, you've kind of got to have an actual card to have something to draw. Yeah. that I mean, that's a card that, that was expensive to put on, both, I mean, from a talent perspective and just from what had to, the logistics perspective. Um, and <laughs> I haven't seen the final numbers for sure, but we made money on it. I know that. <laughs> yeah. I, and I think, too, it made a lot of waves, a lot of people that i've heard from it's either like aiw had the best show or like people say like what's the mat the best match of the weekend bishop and oh it's bishop yeah. and, and that's Dom. the funny thing is that was a match that to look at it on paper to look at that card it almost felt like a throwaway yeah and they went out there and just were fantastic they, they second match far. too i mean they Ooh. killed it so i was thrilled that was one of my favorite man I mean, granted i didn't why like i said i was in and out so i didn't watch any of the other matches but in terms of our card that was yeah that was one of my favorite matches on a card if not my favorite all right i want to i want to wrap this show up and sure. do do like we always do with the fave five questions okay hey this is booker t five time champ and this is the fave five questions now can you dig it uh let's start with ketchup on hot dogs uh ketchup on nothing An- totally anti-ketchup no, like nothing no ketchup not even on burger no you put on a burger uh Cheese, that's it. Yeah. Oh wait a minute, you're in the thorn camp. Yeah, I'm, of love. I'm no condiments, yeah, man. Yeah, that's. I'm the no condiment club. It's a weird club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ketchup doesn't go on anything, man. And people, guys, I know, give me that. They have the hardest time wrapping their head because they're like, you'll eat meatballs with with you know sauce. Yeah. You'll you'll eat tomato soup. You'll eat every other you know kind of, but you won't touch ketchup. I'm like, no, it's not the same consistency. It's not the same flavor. It's not. <laughs> There's definitely more too, because the biggest thing you always hear, especially as a kid, is like, "Oh, you won't like tomatoes, but you'll have ketchup." And it's like, "Well, ketchup isn't just yeah. tomatoes. Just it's based on tomatoes <laughs> doesn't mean that's it. all it is." Um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm team no condiments. Okay, so let's go uh, Chicago style, New York style pizza. New York, okay, without a doubt, New York. And I was never big on Chicago style. Um, I but. It became set in stone. I spent a week in Rome okay. back in uh, 2003. Pizza in Rome isn't just thin crust. It's basically cracker crust. Okay. And it's very little sauce. There is not a ton of sauce on it, mm-hmm. which is couldn't be more opposite Chicago-style pizza. <laughs> True. You know, Chicago-style Chicago pizza to me is, is just dough, and I can't, I'm not a fan of doughy pizza. Okay. Real bready, doughy pizza. So, yeah, no, New York style without a doubt. Question number three, Sheets or Wawa? I love Sheets. I'm, I'm a Sheets guy. I do have to say I've never had Wawa. You were just in Jersey. You didn't even like. Well, no. See, so funny story about that. So we're driving, and we we're like, all right. You know, we just kind of played it by ear, took yeah. our time. Whenever somebody needs to stop for something to eat or use a bathroom, we'll stop. You know, Pedro was real laid back about it. So he said, oh, guys are starting to get hungry. Um, you know, what's coming up at the next exit? We're looking. And, and I saw Wawa. I was like, oh, Wawa's coming up. And he, Pedro, had never heard of Wawa. Wow. So, but grew up in Akron. So he knew yeah. new sheets because that was one of the first places in northern Ohio that it really hit. Um, so he was like, well, what's Wawa? So we explained that it's this huge rivalry. And I told him, I did I can't wrap my head around the. It's not like the menus are similar to me. Like from everything I've seen of Wawa's menu, it's essentially subs. Uh, Wawa did have because me not having as much experience with it. I when I went to Orlando WrestleMania, 
stopped at one and they had macaroni and cheese. So I'm like, ooh, I like macaroni. I have, heard I have macaroni and cheese from Sheets. Let me try that. And the thing that I loved about it is they actually offered three different sizes. Okay. Not just here's your macaroni and cheese in this small. <laughs> there was like a large, and I was um, like, wow. But that's uh, to me, I can't understand why it's this big fight because I'm like, half the appeal of Sheets is that menu is massive. Yeah. And for me, it was always the fact that they had pretzel buns. I love pretzel buns. Okay. Um, but that was actually Sheets. So I had had it. I don't remember where. I had had it one time, I think out on the east side, um, and loved it. So when my now wife and I started dating, there was a Sheets down the street from her parents' house. Yeah. <laughs> so that was going to Akron. It was hang out with my girlfriend. And then when I left, I went to Sheets. Yeah. Because they're now... They're all over, you know, here mm-hmm. on the, the west side and the, the southwest side. Um, but at the time, that was the only one I ever really saw. So I mm-hmm. made a point to go there. I love sheets. Uh, they just need to bring back the vanilla Pepsi freeze they had because that thing was fantastic. Uh, question number four. Four, yes. Uh, let's go bacon or sausage. I love them both. I think given the option, I usually lean towards sausage. Link or patty? Patty. I was waiting Ooh, for the okay, follow Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> I, I definitely prefer patty. There's a couple places um, that I've eaten at that I'll, I'll get the links instead because something was just a little off about the patties. But for the most part, given the option and, and quality being equal, yeah, um, I prefer patties. Question number five, rank the fast food chicken nuggets, McDonald's, Burger King, or Wendy's? Oh, and Wendy's, not a word. One, two, three. McDonald's okay. is one. Um, I'm going to go Wendy's two. And I'm not blown away by Wendy's, but I just don't care for for Burger Kings very much. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason they're a dollar forty nine. I mean, it's all you know. <laughs> I, I like their new campaign. Ooh, we're the only ones that have spicy nuggets, and I'm like, yeah. And your nuggets are also a dollar fifty, and way worse than all yeah, the other no. two. That's like the time that I I grabbed uh, popcorn chicken from a Dollar Tree for uh, for lunch at one of my jobs, and one of the guys was like, "Is it actually any good?" I said, "Well." Each bite, I think, oh, God. And then I remember, I only paid a dollar for this. <laughs> I got what I paid for. Yeah. You know? <laughs> there are definitely those things that it's cheaper and you eat and you're like, well, I didn't pay much for it. So, like, this is, I'm getting what I paid for. <laughs> Screw it. Yeah. No, the, uh, which surprised me because I love the chicken sandwiches. I love the chicken fries, although I wish they'd bring back the pretzel ones. No, I see Um <laughs> <laughs> I like pretzels. Love pretzels. Um, but the pretzel crusted ones. I, I didn't notice the difference until I went back to a regular one after having a pretzel one. The pretzel has a little bit more crunch to it, and I always like that, the chicken fries. But, yeah, they're nuggets. I think I've gotten them once, and it's just not there. Yeah. But even, like I said, Wendy's, I, Wendy's I'm getting a, a, a home-style chicken sandwich before I'm getting the nuggets. All right. Question number six that I tailor around my guest. For you, I'm thinking, who is your Mount Rushmore of AIW? It could be wrestlers. It could be behind the scenes. Just. Mount Rushmore. So Mount Rushmore, we're sticking to four with it being Mount yes. Rushmore. Um, and well, your timing is actually perfect because uh, for those that are Patreon subscribers, you heard on a recent alternate commentary, there was discussion, mainly Potato's idea for it, but of an AIW Hall of Fame, they asked him who is who is top five for. So I started thinking about that. I almost actually started a conversation on Twitter and I decided to hold off because Subscribe to the Patreon if you want that conversation. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but four, so uh, you got to go with Biggins. You know, you can't can't leave Biggins off. No, you got to go with him. Got to go with Johnny. Mm-hmm. Um, although when you look at it from a time perspective, he actually wasn't with us that long. Um, I got to go with with EC three. I got to go with Hutter. Okay. Um, just because he was the. Uh, he was the original, original kind of top guy, and and then what he meant to us when he came back. So I go Biggins, Gargano, EC3. That fourth spot is where it gets tough. I think that's where it always gets tough when you have to like fill that last spot or two, depending on like what list. But like this is definitely like you get that third one's like I mean that fourth one's like because there's a lot of guys that I could justify being in it. Yeah, but I'm like I I'd really want it to be someone someone really big. Honestly, with the the condition of, of backstage and behind the scenes, although I think there's a ton of guys based on in ring work you can do, I would I would look at JT. Yeah. Um just because like I said, for 
for what he meant to to all of us period but especially thorn and biggins and and the way they picked his brain and and he really kind of poured into it especially towards the end there yeah and and handed the baton off i i think you make a strong case for jt to be in that fourth spot yeah it's a pretty good mount rushmore and like i said there's a ton of guys i could put yeah oh yeah (laughs) you know but i'll go with those four all right any uh final thoughts or last minute plugs before we go I, you know, just thanks for the support. Thanks for always being out, being a, a big part of, of supporting the shows. Cause without, you know, without you guys, without the fans, you know, we're not going to put it on in an empty building. Yeah. It's <laughs> <that's> true. <laughs> and, and thanks for, for giving me a reason to kind of live a dream for the last 20 years, yeah. you know, as a, as a guy who's not some huge name in wrestling or something. I've met guys and, and hung out with guys and become friends with guys that I grew up watching on TV. Yeah. And, you know, that's awesome. That's in, and, and guys that I've known for years, I get to watch on TV now. Yeah. And that's, you know, even I know for fans, it's a big deal for me. It's a big deal. I yeah. love turning on my TV and seeing Ray and seeing Johnny and, you know, and Hutter and those guys. And, and even a guy like, uh, like Seth Rollins, mm-hmm. who was, who was early days. Uh, that, Trust me that it, when I say that it's it's just as surreal to me as it is to to fans who watch them on the shows. Yeah. So thanks for for the past twenty years, however much a part of it as you guys were. Uh, throw out your social media. You don't use um, it as much, but still. I don't really. The only thing that 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 you'll find Wadsworth on is the uh, is the Twitter. And it's uh, just Twitter dot com slash. Uh, Wadsworth AIW. I had to think about it. Yeah. Wadsworth like, AIW. See how often I, I, I could kind of tell him, like, I'm like, wait a minute. I was like, is the AIW before or after? It's Wadsworth AIW. <laughs> Here, here's how I remember it. If it was before, it would be like two W's in a row, exactly, but there's not. Exactly, there's not two W's in a row. Yeah. Wadsworth AIW. Um, I'm not going to lie. You're going to get a lot of uh, retweets of, of AIW announcements in case yes. you missed them. Uh, and occasionally I'll chime in. You'll, you'll hear about my kids' basketball. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> basketball habit i guess <laughs> but that's the big one you know and then obviously the aiw ones follow the youtube follow the aiw on facebook on twitter chances are if you're listening to this podcast you already do yeah i figured <laughs> I, I don't know if anybody's ever turning on my podcast going what the hell's aiw <laughs> AIW. And if you if they are, are like guys there might be people out there and i'm just kind of <laughs> like if you you need just do it just find it yeah. watch it love it <laughs> We timed it perfectly because it's starting to get cloudy and rain now. All right. uh, Good weather's gone. Yep. Thanks for coming on, man. All right. Thanks a lot. I'm glad to see that no one has left. But now you're asking yourself, Dr. Dan, are you going to tell us what the DCR system is? And I will tell you now. The three simple principles that change everyone's lives. Dedication, confidence, and respect. D, C, and R. If one is dedicated to themselves, confident in oneself, and respectful of oneself, there is nothing that they cannot accomplish. Those three principles are the building blocks of anything you wish to achieve. If you just remember D, C, and R, there is nothing that you cannot accomplish. But sometimes you feel that isn't enough. Sometimes you need to be a little more focused on the task at hand. But don't worry. To go along with dedication, confidence, and respect, you can always remember rule number one. And there you have it, the interview with AIW President Matt Wadsworth. So before this episode gets too long, we're going to officially wrap everything up. You can find myself on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Heavyset330, much like you can find this show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Facebook.com slash wrestling cheers, Twitter.com slash wrestling cheers, and Instagram.com slash wrestling cheers. Email if you so choose to desire wrestling cheers at gmail.com. We have the merch store over at whatamaneuver.net, and it's something I've said many, many times before. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Podbean, wrestlingcheers.podbean.com. Check out our friends on the Trending Topics Network, such as All Beer Inside, Your Vision Showcase, Old School at the Movies, and Wrestling with Altitude. Check out our other podcast friends, such as Pod Van Dam, Super Fantastic Podcast, Road Home from Wrestling, Kick Out of Two, The IndieCast, Center Stage, 
S-E-N-T-E-R stage, Sobros Network, Big Gold Belt Podcast, The Spotlight Series, and I Got Your Five Stars. Check out our other non-podcasting friends, such as Thrift Store Jobber, The Savage Dash, Set Tab Photo, Powerslam.tv. Use Wrestling Cheers, all one word, and get your first month free. Ringside Shots Photography, Sickening Pictures, Wrestle Void. Issue number four, out right now. Hit them up on Twitter and Instagram at WrestleVoid. Key on Sports, Stay Tough, Midwest Territory, Southern Underground Pro, which their last show is now available. The Swerve Edit is now available on independentwrestling.tv. And the official graphic designer of Wrestling Cheers, Moy Boy Designs. That will do it for us here on Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name, even when your team no condiments. Later. Making your way in the world today takes everything you got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Would you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. Tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv.